Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. Hello and welcome. Now, if you're a parent with a newborn baby and are concerned or anxious if your baby is putting on enough weight, then you're in the right place. Did you know that it's common for a newborn baby to lose up to 10% of their birth weight? And as another question, did you know how long it takes for your newborn baby to get back to their birth weight? And of course, as another question, you know, what can you do to help support this? Well, lucky for us today, our special guest, Belinda Joyce, will tell us this and many other expert tips and advice related to your newborn's health, weight, and just feeding uh, patterns overall. Now, a little bit about our guest. Belinda is a midwife, maternal and child health nurse with over 20 years experience. Now, she's also a mother of four and author of Survive and Enjoy Your Baby. Now, her passion is in providing safe, evidence-based advice and options to parents so they can find their own path to parenthood. Welcome back, Belinda. How are you? I'm really well, Rach. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's great to be catching up with you again. And 20 years experience in the industry is uh, really incredible. Um, And during, I guess, all of that time, I'd love to understand, I mean, how common have you found um, this particular topic coming up uh, in your consultations with parents? And and how often do you find that parents are concerned about their baby's weight gain and growth overall? Look, I think it actually comes up very often on a day-to-day basis in our clinics, particularly in the maternal child health um, area, because I think so many people see us coming with the scales and they bring their babies in to be weighed, but really our consultation is a lot more than that. And sometimes the focus is too much on weight. Having said that, um, if a baby's not putting on enough weight, it can be extremely stressful for parents. So I guess if we can just look at what's normal and and what's not um, and try and take some of that anxiety away. Yeah. And do you find that often and too often that I guess too much emphasis is put on baby's weight gain as realistically there's a large variation of what's considered normal in baby's growth and development? Absolutely. So if we look at the growth charts, you know, um, 50% of all babies will be above the 50th centile and 50% will be below. And so many new parents really think that their baby should be in that top half um, as if that's an achievement or something that we should be aiming for. And it's really not. We know that there should be a really good spread across the whole centile chart um, of all healthy babies. So there should be 50 really healthy babies above and 50 below and that's completely normal so there's no real aim there for average or above okay there's lots of information to cover in this um so i just wanted to acknowledge initially now we published your article and the title is my newborn sorry is my newborn <laughs> putting on enough weight now for someone who hasn't read the article yet can you please tell us what it's about and of course just what inspired you to write it I guess um, parents being really worried about their baby's weight gain and that anxiety that it produces is what made me want to write it. And it covers 
the norm of babies losing weight um, and how much weight they should gain, how we monitor that and what to do when things aren't going um, as well as we'd like, perhaps with breastfeeding or with bottle feeding and, and sort of the next steps to take in mm-hmm. that journey. So initially then, how normal is it, I guess, for new, newborn babies to lose, um, lose weight then? Look, it's normal for all newborn babies to lose up to 10% of their birth weight in the initial few days of life. So it's shocking for most new parents. You would just assume that your baby will, will grow. Um, but early on, they're, they're born with lots of extra fluids on board um, and they're actually set up ready for an initial few days of getting very little feed. Um, and if they're breastfeeding, they're just getting colostrum and colostrum is a super concentrated um, uh, mixture, I guess, that comes before the breast milk comes in uh, and it's really small quantities. So babies always will lose um, some weight. If they're bottle fed from birth, they still will lose a little bit in those initial few days because they can only take in small amounts of milk um, and they are set up physiologically for this to happen. So it's nothing that we're concerned about, although in the hospital we will um, usually try and weigh a baby before they head home if it's been a couple of days just to double check how much weight they have lost and document that. That's really comforting to know, no doubt for, for many parents watching and listening this. Um, so then uh, I guess the next question is now how long does it take a healthy baby who is feeding well, either breastfeeding or bottle feeding, of course, uh, to get back to their birth weight then? Most babies will get back to their birth weight and beyond within two weeks or three weeks at the maximum, Um, depending on how their feeding's been going, how big they were to start with and how much weight they have lost. Okay. So in those initial weeks, which you've just referenced earlier, I mean, how often should there be weight checks in the early weeks just to help avoid unnecessary worry? You know, no doubt if you're going to be sort of weighing the baby every day, that's going to be of concern or, I mean, how often should that happen? We wouldn't want to weigh a baby any more frequently than every 48 hours. And that's because babies, um, the the changes in weight we're looking at are so small and babies are, um, you know, they're taking their feeds, whether it's breast or bottle, and then they're also um, passing urine and doing poos as well. And they, they, whatever goes in has to come out. So um, if we're weighing too often, we're not getting, uh, I guess, enough time to see if we're weighing weight being put on or just yes. milk in their tummy. And also we don't want to weigh, you know, one day straight after a feed and the next day, before a feed because it can look like they've lost weight when in fact they haven't lost any weight and it's we don't want to produce um I guess anxiety in parents for no reason at all yeah you know and on that I guess with weighing I mean, scales can notoriously have discrepancies um mine at home are always telling me I'm heavier than I think I am so um but when it comes to babies in particular you know when the scales are, you know, if they've been weighed in different centres or in, in different services, can cause unnecessary stress for parents. You know, how can parents, I guess, try to avoid this and into yeah, their worries? 
when we weigh the babies straight after birth, it's usually in the hospital, uh, and then they head home and they're weighed perhaps by a maternal child health nurse in their home or at a centre or even at their GP practice, uh, and all the scales can be a little bit different. They shouldn't be, and many services try and calibrate their scales fairly regularly to make sure they're not out. Um, but, you know, getting put in and out of cars and things like that is enough for, for them to sometimes not be quite right. So um, the best way to avoid that is to keep getting your baby weighed on the same set of scales by the same person if possible. Yeah. If possible. Um, yeah. yeah. Great advice. And, you know, getting back to what you were mentioning before about mums who are breastfeeding, um, you know, what tips and advice can you share to help uh, to ensure that babies are receiving enough nourishment from, from the breast then? It's going to help with their with, growth and development. Yeah, absolutely. With breastfeeding, it's really important to breastfeed your baby on demand rather than timing feeds. So let the baby feed when they're hungry. And some people will say never wake a sleeping baby, but in those initial first few days or even weeks, um, it's really important to get lots of frequent feeds in. It, it um, sets down how much milk will be available in the next few months. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really important to get lots of feeds in, occasionally waking the baby if they're sleeping for really long periods just to set up that good supply. Um, but be guided by your healthcare professionals, absolutely, um, because, um, you know, if, if every circumstance is different, um, and it's really important to be guided by your, your own professionals who are with you at the time, so your um, midwives, lactation consultants and doctors, just to make sure that your baby's getting what they need. And, of course, in your book you reference a lot of information, support, tips and advice um, about breastfeeding. Um, there's, there's a couple chapters I think that you mentioned it. Is that right? That's right. There's a chapter on breastfeeding and a chapter on bottle feeding. Both talk about, um, I guess, starting out with that feeding method and also the weight gain that we'd expect uh, and who to see for assistance and support uh, with, with um, feeding your baby and growth. Okay. So besides um, what you had just mentioned earlier, just um, taking a step back as to what happens um, after the birth and, um, and the reason for the baby losing up to 10% of their birth weight, what else could prevent babies from gaining weight? And are there any other common illnesses, maybe like reflux or allergies or anything like that, that we should sort of take into consideration at all? Yeah, look, if a baby's not gaining weight and um, if, if, say, they were breastfeeding and we've looked at the breastfeeding, um, really tried to look at whether they're sucking and swallowing and there's a good milk supply, um, with bottle feeding the same thing, looking at, you know, is the formula being made up the right way and is the baby sucking and swallowing well and how often they're feeding and sort of looking at all of those things. Once we rule those out as um, all looking good, then we really want to look for a medical reason. And it's really very important then that um, that the baby is examined by a doctor, so just your family GP or a paediatrician if you're seeing one, um, to have a good head-to-toe look over to see if there's anything medically that could be causing the lack of weight gain. Um, 
Most times babies are given a clear bill of health, but it's really important to rule out something as little and I guess minor as a urinary tract infection or something else that you can't really see um, that could be affecting your baby and stopping them from being, I guess, at optimum health uh, and, you know, all the energy is going to looking after them and keeping them well rather than to putting on and gaining weight. So we always just want to, I guess, err on the side of caution uh, and get that checked out as well. So, you know, did there be any problems with the baby putting on weight? Um, how do parents know what healthcare professional they should take their baby to see initially then? Yeah, so in most states there's either maternal child health or child health nurses um, that will will organise to come and see you or get you to come into their clinics. There's always the GP. If you're breastfeeding, it's always a good idea to see a lactation consultant if you're having some challenges. And it's pretty common to have challenges in the early weeks and months of breastfeeding. Uh, And a lactation consultant really is the specialist in that situation. They are really good at pinpointing and troubleshooting and really getting to the bottom of what's causing a problem. Uh, And they also have the time in their consultations to spend just on feeding, um, which is fabulous because the the rest of the health professionals usually have a a huge amount to get through in a consultation that's not just feeding. Yeah. Uh, And and paediatricians as well are really great to talk to about your baby's health. Obviously, that's their specialty. As well, great advice. Um, And getting back to bottle feeding as well, what about mothers who are bottle feeding? What techniques, I guess, and advice can you share that could be sort of helpful? With bottle feeding, it's really important that you're using, um, you know, a, a suitable teat for the age of your baby. So a newborn teat for a newborn baby, um, it means the milk flows a little bit slower so that they can cope with it. And even if they're really hungry and they're sucking really hard, it's not going to overflow and it's not, you know, they'll be able to manage it. Um, making up the formula with the right amount of scoops to the right amount of water is also really important. And some people get that mixed up. So um, checking that with your healthcare professionals also a great idea. Um, making sure that you're not offering any extra fluids. So if they're having formula, they don't need plain water as well because that will fill up their tummy and then they're they're not taking in the fluid, the milk that actually has the calories in it that help them gain weight and give energy. Um, So just, just making sure that you're sort of sticking to, I have to say all of those pieces of advice are also on the, the label of your formula can. It's worth reading the, the whole um, instructions, I guess, just to make sure that you are doing it correctly because a lot of work has gone into making sure that that is the right amount of energy and calories for your baby at that age. Mm. It's um, Getting back to what you're saying about the, the bottle teat, it's such a competitive space with businesses. Um, and, of course, we, you know, we speak to a lot of them. I don't want to mention one over the other, um, but they really are doing their best with technology to try and replicate the, um, the breast as, as easy and as best as possible. Um, so this is just a, a question off the cuff, but um, you're mentioning that the, the teat the bottle teat should be um, referenced to to the right age of the baby. So how is that different to a breast that is not changing or is is a natural breast 
a mum that is breastfeeding changing as a question. So if, if we're sort of then using technology and people that are, are formula feeding are giving and are upgrading or changing the actual bottle in the teat itself as as, as the, the baby's growing, how, how is a mother's breast changing or not? That's a really interesting question, I have to say. So absolutely with a bottle we would be changing the teat over time and it doesn't matter how much te- technology they put into a, a um, manufacturing those teats, they never really can get them to function the same way that a breast and a nipple functions. The nipple during a breastfeed actually stretches all the way to the back of the baby's throat um, and it's meant to do that. It doesn't cause damage to do that. It's not painful to do that, but it is um, surprising to most people that it stretches that far. Uh, Over time, the breast doesn't really change so much as the baby's ability to suck and remove the milk quicker over time is probably the main thing that changes. Um, with With a breast, the way the baby behaves and sucks, that will change the way the milk is removed. Whereas with a a teat that's, um, I guess, not made, not physiologically made for a baby to be using, um, it doesn't have that same ability. So we have to actually change the teat. I'm not sure if that's the best answer to that question, but it's a really good question. Thank you, because it's just something that I just realised now because we're developing all this technology around the bottle feeding, but, I mean, what's what's natural, of course, is is a mother's body. So I just I just wondered, um, you know, thank you. By, by, say, four months of age, most babies would be breastfeeding for between, say, three and five minutes on each breast and have removed large amounts of milk, over 100 mil of milk, and... Um, Whereas in the early days, they might take, you know, 20 to 40 minutes on each side to get that same amount of milk. So um, their ability and efficiency at the breast, just sucking from the breast actually um, increases enormously in a short period of time. Mm. So getting back to the formula just for a moment, then how do parents know which formula is best for their baby then? Because that's another competitive space again. (laughs) Yes, yes, it is. And the National Health and Medical Research Council infant feeding guidelines is what we're, um, what we use, I guess, in Australia as health professionals to be guided by. And a lot of research has gone into those guidelines. And really, they say that any regular cow's milk formula um, that is made for newborn babies is suitable and the lowest protein that you're able to find is probably the best one to go with Mm. and that's because there have been some links um they found lots of links between high protein formula and overweight and obesity in later life Uh, so that the guidelines are really saying you don't need any special formulas with very special ingredients um, just a regular cow's milk formula um, from birth is all you need. There's no need to change it at six months, regardless of what some of the packaging suggests to do. Um, you can remain on that same newborn formula all the way through to 12 months of age. And at that time, they can go straight on to cow's milk, just in small amounts, though. They, they don't need milk all day long. 
um, by 12 months of age, they should be getting most of their nutrition from diet and, and eating. Right. Yeah. Um, just getting back to the weight gain, and I know this information is included in the article that you wrote, which, of course, is included in the show notes, which anyone uh, can click on that link and, and have a read. But I'd just love to know if you could just explain for us, you know, what is the average weight gain for babies? Yeah. So for a newborn baby, they're growing at the fastest pace, I guess. We would like them to be putting on at least 150 to 200 grams per week. Mm -hmm. Now, that sounds like a lot, but we have lots of babies that are putting on over 300 grams and that's still normal. Um, And then we have these other babies that are putting on more like the 100 grams and you kind of think, well, it's not the 150 but they're growing and developing normally as well. So even though the gold standard is 150 to 200 grams, it can be a little bit either side of that and still be very normal. Um, And we still find that most of those babies who are a little bit lower than that um, will grow and develop very normally. So it's more about looking at whether they're thriving in other aspects of their life as well and whether they look healthy and well. By three months of age, though, it drops down to 100 to 150 grams per week, and that's really normal, and they should be slowing down. Um, You will notice a difference in them not growing out of their clothes quite as quickly in the first few weeks of life. They'll probably already grow out of clothes, and then um, it will slow down a little. And then from 6 to 12 months, we're looking at sort of 70 to 90 grams a week um, of growth, but I guess not checking it anywhere near as often um, as they get older either. Mm. It's just not important. And so Mm. the growth charts which you've referenced um, and also included in the article, I mean, should babies' growth actually follow that growth chart? And can you maybe speak to that that for a moment? Yeah, sure. So we use the WHO, the World Health Organisation growth charts in Australia and for for babies, and they're great charts because they're based on healthy, well Um, generally breastfed babies. So they're giving us um, the average sort of weight gain we're looking for and that that variance in weight gain as well. So we've got the, um, you know, 100 centiles and somewhere over that your baby will chart. Um, We're looking for them to generally sort of go along a little bit like the chart, but remembering that they're an actual baby and not data. Um, So on the charts, You know, you'll see these beautiful curves uh, and we'll expect your baby to sort of go a little bit like that curve. But a really big, chubby newborn baby Mm -hmm. might have parents who are quite fine built and, um, you know, average height. And so they will gradually over time slow their growth down to to probably match their parents. Mm -hmm. Um, And a baby that's very tiny at birth might have quite large parents and they might actually head upwards. Um, and so we we try and take into account, you know, their genetic potential, um, the way they feed, all of those things in, into account before really judging that weight gain. If they're particularly low on the chart or extremely high on the chart, we will usually involve um, a, a doctor just to keep an eye on their growth as well. And yep. sometimes they'll refer on to a paediatrician just to see them every couple of months and make sure um, that they're managing to 
to grow fairly normally and that there's nothing that we need to look into any further around medical issues. And, you know, as you mentioned earlier, most parents want their children to be uh, above that 50% percentile. Um, for whatever reason, I guess we sort of become accustomed to always wanting to, to be the best at what we can be and all of those things that are being above the percentile means it's it's sometimes, you know, in our minds better, um, but it's not always the case as, as you referenced and mentioned earlier. So what percentage is considered to be normal and healthy then? Really anywhere on the chart, anywhere from, you know, I think really the bottom 3% and the top 3% are the ones we keep the most, um, most, uh, I guess, focus on those ones and just checking that there's not something we need to refer on for, but really all the babies in the middle, so from 3% all the way up to 97% mm. is very normal. It's more about looking at that growth over time and also watching um that it's not trending downwards every time mm. we see them, that they're dropping lower and lower and lower or gaining higher and higher and higher, um, both of which might be completely normal, but we just want to keep an eye on it and make sure uh, that they get referred on to a medical professional to have maybe some extra tests or even just often it's just a consultation um, to look at what else might be going on. And in most cases, there's nothing going on, but in some cases there is, and that's why it's really important that any baby that's sort of hitting those um, criteria does get checked out. And we've had uh, a lot of focus on the scales and the weighing of the baby, but other than that, I mean, what is, are some other ways to know um, if, you know, your baby is gaining weight? Yeah, so when you're at home and particularly in the last year or so where some babies went long distances between weights just because of uh, lockdowns and all sorts of things like that. Yeah. Um, it's really important to be able to look at your own baby and try and see that they're growing. Um, and you're not going to notice it day to day, but you will notice that their jumpsuits, you know, their toes no longer are fitting in and you're needing to go up to the next size or maybe their nappies are getting really tight around their tummy um, or around their thighs because their thighs are getting really chubby or you're noticing that they're getting the, the little rubber band wrists with the, the um, yep. gorgeous rolls on mm -hmm. their arms. Um, early on, just noticing all their output, so heavy wet nappies. When you take the nappy off and you sort of feel it in your hand, you think that is really heavy um, they're growing if that food is going through them the milk they will be growing and also um, poos obviously um, you'll notice things like chubby cheeks starting and um, perhaps a you know roll under their chin which is very cute um, some babies never will be a chubby baby and they don't have to be a chubby baby but they are I guess some of the things that you might see along the way that just put your mind at rest that they are actually growing and changing. And another great thing is when you see a friend or um, perhaps a grandparent or something and they say, oh, my goodness, your baby's grown so much since I saw them last, um, because you don't notice you're seeing them day to day, it's really reassuring to have that happen as well. So um, it's not just um, not just the numbers on the scale that are important. 
Yeah. And in, in your article, you, you list um, a whole heap of other ones, for example, like growing out of their clothes in length and width, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, you know, getting too large for their bassinet, um, even just feeling heavier to carry uh, and taking up more space in their class seat. So there's a, a list of others um, in your article, of, of course, that will have the link in the show notes. Um, we've covered a lot today. Um, but I'd just love to know from your perspective, what are the key messages that you would love uh, any parent, any key takeaways uh, to, to be able to, to remember from um, this, this chat today? I'd like to just try and take some of the pressure off parents to have a big, heavy baby or for their baby to be gaining huge amounts of weight. In most cases, it's not necessary and um, it's not something that we're all aiming for um, either. Uh, And to know that if their baby's not gaining enough weight and if um, perhaps their maternal child health nurse is a little bit concerned about it, be guided by that and, um, you know, go and see your GP or a lactation consultant and get that extra help just to rule out anything else that's going on and to give you some more support to help your baby, you know, reach their full potential. Um, But really it's just to take the pressure off. Awesome. Now, if parents have got any questions um, that that would like to to reach out to you after this, and of course, would like to be able to purchase your book, uh, your wonderful book, whereabouts can they find you? Now, I'm at belindajoyce.com. Come to the website. There's a contact me. There's a lot of blog posts on that website as well, as the book's available there, as well as in all good bookstores. And also in the Kittypedia store as well, which they can purchase from there Absolutely. As well. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today, Belinda. As always, it's an absolute pleasure talking to you and I can't wait to chat to you again in the not-too-distant future. But in the meantime, stay safe and uh, take care. Bye. Thanks, Rach. Bye. I'm Rachel Monteleone and you've been listening to Kittypedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kittypedia by visiting our website at kittypedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids.